0: it is Wednesday, July the 7th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, I realise that we have never discussed the succession plan for Two Guys, One Cup. If one of us was to leave or we were both to leave, like who's waiting in the wings that could step up and take, take the reins of this podcast? Well, there's no one. That's the actual Mm -hmm. truth.
1: We've not planned for the succession at Two Guys, One Cup. If it falls over, if one of us dies, well, I guess if one of us dies, immediately my first thought would be that we have some people that I think would happily step in as a sort of like assistant to one or the other of us to get us through the time. And my (laughs) list would be uh, Adam Spencer, Scott Dooley, and Alex Williams. I feel like we could get those three to at least come in and do maybe a a roster of the three. You bring them on as assistants and you just kind of get like, instead of like sacking one of us, if one of us is going through a terrible period of form, there's two (laughs) options. We can have the hard conversation and we can sack one of us. Or we can bring in a bunch of guns underneath (laughs) one of us to kind of like just bulk out our team a little bit more.
0: I I like that idea. I mean, I think the good thing about having Spence – on board was next time there is a question about what is a marsupial, <laughs> one of us will have the answer. You know what I uh, love also about the
1: idea that we could have those three, but all, also maybe we're not looking far enough and right. wide enough when it comes to this. There's been a bit of talk that Channel 7 don't have room. In fact, Channel 7, I think, came out and said, we've got a great roster of commentators, you know, don't you know, assume that Nathan Buckley is going to come and work here next year. You know, It's full. We've got too many good commentators Mm. here. We've got BT and JB. We don't need somebody coming in here actually knows anything about the game, ruining it for the shit that we've got going on here. Well,
0: we've got four letters of the alphabet. We're working on the other 22.
1: You know what? We could have JB, BT, and NB. If he's willing to come in and refer to himself as NB, he can sit as part of the Channel 7 family. Well, so clearly, there a clearly, to be the,
0: the color commentator, you just need B as one of your initials. BT, JB, and NB, right? Right. Just as long as you, I mean, if you happen to be somebody who, like, I mean, they tried Simon
1: Black. He was a bit low key. Yeah. So SB <laughs> didn't work for that. Yeah. Um, at the moment they're less SB and more BS. I would suggest is the theme over at Channel 7. They don't need some uh it, they don't need some epidemiologists wandering into the QAnon paradise they have over there in the Channel 7 commentary box. So um could you get like a Nathan Buckley or even if you went even a little higher than that could it be Charlie Clawson and Alastair Clarkson present two guys one cup. Oh, like well. Clarko would get this podcast to number 1. If you we're going, okay, this is like a fine little niche podcast and Mm. it does very well and we have a loyal and growing audience, remarkably, for a football podcast that really talks about football. But you want to get someone in, you're like, nah, fuck this. I want to be, fuck the Howie games, you know, fuck Hutchie and Damo, like, fuck the rub. I want to be the number one game in town. Do you think... That you, Charlie Clawson, and Alistair Clarkson mm. hosting a podcast. Like, Clarko could maybe do a song at the end of every episode, yeah. get out his guitar, strum his little satirical song he'd written about the week. Well,
0: let's widen the net a little bit. So, okay, mm. you know, uh, you leave the show. I want to get a co-host, but I want to I want to improve. I want to get to the top of the charts. I want to win the podcast premiership. So of the available coaches, let's say Alistair Clarkson, Ross mm. Lyne, and Nathan Buckley, who do I think I would have the same chemistry with? Who do I th- okay, It's two things. You want it to still be two guys, one cup. So it's a kind of irreverent take on football that where you occasionally talk about football, but you need someone who's willing to go into a yarn. Immediately, I say Ross Lyon. As we have discovered about Ross Lyon in the media, he's hilarious and doesn't mind going on a tangent. Out of
1: those guys, who is the one who is
0: going to be happiest not talking about football? (laughs) Ross Lyon. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think Nathan Buckley, he's got a good sense of humour, but the dynamic would change. It wouldn't be this kind of irreverent, like drunk uncle energy that Ross Lyon has. It would be more, he's the straight man. And he would, you know, he'd deliver lines like Dwight from The Office. It's just about him being straight. So he delivers a <laughs> zinger, but it's kind of like Dwight, Dwightish. I feel like if Nathan Buckley was doing pocket profile pocket, he'd want to get all the answers right. Oh. And he'd be really mad if he did not actually get every answer of the players right. So I'd say the my last choice in that regard would be Alistair Clarkson. I mean, the amazing thing about all the coverage that's come out about the succession plan and the press conference they did is journalists seem to have no problem coming out and saying, "Yeah, he's a bit of a cunt." <laughs> like that's what the narrative has been around. Like why they've moved him on. You know, the the tone of the press conference. It's like, yeah, Alistair Clarkson. Well, I think rubs this is. The a, wrong I believe this is the this is the succession plan that Alistair Clarkson has
1: agreed to, in my opinion, and it's based on the TV show Succession. <laughs> He wants shit to get really messy in the next two years. There's going to be power plays from everywhere and he's just going to, yeah, that's what I want to say. I can't. Like, you've got Jeff Kennett, you've got Sam Mitchell, you've got Alistair Clarkson. Like, this is the TV So
0: so Succession. I can't believe that that has, like, everyone in talking about the Succession plan is sort of, you know, let's see what happens. Does anyone think this is not going to be, like a raging dumpster fire, you can if you think about what happened with Malthouse and Buckley, and I would say that Malthouse is a crotchety, curmudgeonly old coach, but I don't think he has the fire in the belly that Alistair, like Alistair Clarkson is the kind of guy I imagine. If you cross him, he'll wait 10, 15, maybe even 20 years to exact his revenge because his revenge will be absolutely perfect.:
1: Yeah, I agree with you. He's got time up his sleeve to plot. Yeah. To plot and plan and to take people down. There was a good question that was on Twitter today, which was, who is most likely to win a premiership next? Is it Hawthorne mm. or Alastair Clarkson coaching
0: another team? What would you think if you opposed those two options? Well, they were talking on one of the podcasts today about teams that he could go to. Like they were saying, Carlton, Gold Coast. Um, I can't remember what the other team was. But I think- Make, make a list of teams he
1: couldn't go to. That's what I actually think is the truth. Like, really? There is only probably eight teams in the competition where the coaches are so secure in their jobs that the other eight wouldn't at least be thinking, could we get Alistair Clarkson to our club?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think for, for that for the conundrum of will Hawthorne or another team get there, let's just take Gold Coast as an example. I think Gold Coast gets there first because we know that they have the talent on the list. They are just in an absolute you know, negative zone of football coverage and interest and attention. It's like taking Kevin Sheedy to GWS or Ron Barassi to Sydney back in the 90s. I think it would be that kind of impact.
1: You know why I want it to be Gold Coast? I, I think it's, if Alistair Clarkson went to the Gold Coast, it is the Gold Coast best chance of being a successful football team. I, I do believe that. Like getting somebody of that quality to go to that town immediately gives it such gravitas. He would bring a new attitude. But the main reason mm. I desperately want to see this happen is you think the interaction between him and Jeff Kennett was rocky. <laughs> like the idea that Alastair Clarkson would have to have meetings with Tony Cockroach is something that would just
0: be so incredibly delicious. But doesn't that make sense? Because – Jeff Kennett is like a giant bully and a pompous doofus and all that kind of stuff. But he operates from a frame of logic when you hear him talk. Like even the way he described this succession yeah. plan was this was the logical move to to take the club forward. So Alistair Clarkson is fighting against an opponent that at least you can predict their behavior. He's never met anyone like Tony Cochran. Like how are you going to play ducks and drakes with Tony Cochran? Like, The guy is so left of center. You never know what he's going to hit you with. Well, you're
1: playing chess and he's playing Battleship. Yeah. Like, they're two completely different games. Like, he's playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. He's just got your rook and he's actually just gobbled it up in his Hungry Hungry
0: Hippo. Do you think that uh, Gold Coast's victory over the Tigers makes the Saints' victory a bit less special?
1: No. No, I think that sometimes it can be that blow that – like, I don't think that West Coast were as terrible – against the Bulldogs as they clearly were against the Swans. Sometimes I think you can get punched up a bit by a team and then you suddenly, you have those doubts. You have that bad disposal. The fact that St Kilda, like, managed to beat them up, I think it actually, yeah. No, I don't think so. I I don't think that is the case. And do you put a line through Richmond? I mean, here's the only reason why not. In the same reason that if I was in a zombie movie, I would never assume that the zombie was dead regardless of what I had done to the zombie. That's why I refuse to put a line through Richmond. It feels like guy, you just hit that zombie with a shovel in the head. You have a gun, go over and make sure that you blast the zombie in the head with a gun. And then maybe i believe that the zombie is dead.
0: Yeah. It's hard to rule them out, isn't it? And it's, it's funny how like the kind of stuff when you are winning that makes your team seem like, you know, when Richmond were up and about, it's like their entourage, their best friends and everything just comes off. And, you know, you love their strut and their attitude and all that kind of stuff. Now, when they're not winning games, all of a sudden that comes across as arrogance or they're disconnected or there's it, – it, it, when you invert that mirror, it's something not so great, which I think is Richmond's trick. Well, at least the last couple of years anyway, they've made you think – That They're done, which uh, the greatest trick Richmond ever pulled, Will, is making you think they're going to finish ninth.
1: Yeah, making you think that Richmondy were returning to being Richmondy. Like at the moment, they are decimated by injury Mm. and they are in incredibly bad form and they seem like they're tired from the fact that they have racked up winning premierships in the last few years, including in the most difficult AFL season of all time, being away from home, being on the road, playing at a foreign ground did everything that you could possibly expect from a team and they do feel a little like maybe that's just going to be all too much for them this year. And I, as a team that has been beaten by Richmond this season, endorse that. (laughs) I would much prefer that, like, you know the idea, regardless of if the Bulldogs finished on top of the ladder and Richmond finished eighth, if if a scenario arose where you had to play Richmond, Mm. you'd
0: still be terrified about playing Richmond in a final, I think. Yeah, it's also that it's that final psychology as well. And still they've got like Dustin Martin who is Mr. September. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? I mean, part of it is Dustin Martin. Part of it is that they've just done it before and we have that muscle memory. Part of it was that halfway through the grand final last year, I was like, well, this is over. This is the end of the Richmond. Geelong are going to win this premiership. Mm. And then they were like, yeah, we're not done quite yet. Maybe that was their lasts. We're not done quite yet. And it's time for, I mean, I hope it's time for another team to get a go at it, regardless of which that team is. I think, you know, Richmond will forevermore be remembered as one of the greatest eras
0: of modern day AFL. No doubt about it, but that'll do, Pig. (laughs) That'll do. I think this is actually a really good year for football. Like, I think there's been, I mean, look, footy fans... Uh, complain about everything and there's been a lot of complaints this year. But, you know, two weeks ago, everyone was saying the eight set and this is how it's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And now 11 wins, it looks like, is going to get you into the finals. And there is, what, four or five teams who can sneak into the eight. And then you look at the top end of the ladder and it feels like there's four or five teams teams that could potentially win the flag. Like, that's pretty good. I mean, that's more than half your teams being in contention, like serious contention. I don't don't want to be this person, but I'm going to be okay. this person
1: because not everybody thought the eight was settled, Charlie. <laughs> in fact, I remember very loudly and very vehemently saying on this very podcast that I thought all the talk around the eight being settled was extremely premature. And it was because it's just a long fucking season. Our memories in football now <laughs> are so... Sure. Like we talked about this last week, that idea of like Geelong's premiership favourites. Now Geelong are no good. They're all too old and send them to the farm. And (laughs) who are you old man? Get your newspaper and turn on your AM radio. Like it's ridiculous. Like even Richmond, Richmond who are now in our minds, this powerhouse club that you'll always remember as being a story of success in the AFL. When we started doing this podcast five years ago, were the number one joke on our podcast. Our football (laughs) memories are so fucking right. short. Like, we just make these... You know who the big winner out of the Alistair Clarkson thing for me is? Without a doubt. David Teague. Mm. I think if you're David Teague, you've just got another year. Because Clarkson has decided that he is going to like coach at Hawthorne for at least another year, which means he is not available next season. He's available at the end of next season. You... I think if you're Carlton and you think you can get Alistair Clarkson... Teague gets another year. You roll it around and you say, well, you know what? Like Alistair Clarkson might be available at the end of next year. We'll give Teague one more year. He's going okay. Yeah. Like we'll do the review. We'll put some other people in. But like we know that if at the end of the season he's going no good, we can give Alistair Clarkson the call.
0: I I understand what you're saying and I agree to a point, but I think you are leaving out Alistair Clarkson as – a negotiator as a person because if I was Alistair Clarkson and I've made it public that I'm – because, look, here's the thing about succession not plans. that, that it, you're not. you made it public that you are not Alistair Clarkson. <laughs> You'd like to repeat it for the record, <laughs>
1: yeah. but stop sending me mail. Jeff Kennett, stop calling me. <laughs> I am
0: not Alistair Clarkson. But the idea that the coach, when it comes to succession plan, sure, if it's the senior coach's idea and he wants to exit out like Paul Ruse or, or whatever, that tends to work. That every other time when it's like the club doesn't want to lose this gun assistant and so they sort of force the senior coach's hand, what is the incentive for that senior coach in that last year besides babysitting and getting a payday? If someone can say to Alice, like if Carlton went to Alistair Clarkson and said, "Look, we know you signed on for um, 2022, but..." what would it take we're just going to put this blank check old school carlton style we're just going to slide this brown paper bag across the table you just write a number and put it inside and slide it back if they offered him crazy money like 2 million a year or something like that you don't think that clarkson or that clarkson would go or clarkson would put that pressure on carlton carlton say hey we're just checking out congratulations on the succession plan we understand you're not going to be available to 2023. Let's talk middle of the next year. Clarko goes, yeah, that's good. Or I'm going to pass this empty brown paper bag across to you. You should write a number, put it in, slide it back. I reckon Clarko would be wise to start a bidding war now. He would tear up that 2022 contract in a heartbeat for money. So do you think then that
1: Clarkson will be coaching somewhere other than Hawthorne in 2022? And what got announced today or yesterday is just – an absolute like it's one of those things of like yeah this is a great succession plan and then on day one uh he's out you out know sammy mitchell's down there at training and he's like where's there?" yeah <laughs> like absolutely i mean <laughs> isn't that what happens with over at
0: carlton with a mustache on just going i don't know what you're talking about isn't that what happened with malthouse Like it wasn't malthouse they gave him some bullshit director of coaching job and he was like, "I'll just go coach another team. Thanks. I'll just take a million bucks a year." Yeah, to coach but that's not team. what they're doing for Clarko. They're giving Clarko a handover year, like a celebration. Clarko, <laughs> year. it's the and same like, shit. He like, f- just doesn't have a name. They just don't. It's, they're just not calling him director of coaching. They're, look, all I'm saying is that Clarko been a shrewd individual. I would not be surprised if he's just put a giant number, you know, on his head and said to prospective teams, "If you can come up with that number, sure." I'll come across. Because the thing is, now the loyalty factor's gone. Hawthorne haven't been loyal to him. If they were, like, seriously loyal, they would say, you know, take your own time. But, you know, they've set up this plan because they're protecting their own interests. So Clarko no longer has any obligation or loyalty to do the right thing by Hawthorne. But you don't – okay, so let's put this more in our own
1: context (laughs) because it's hard to talk about another team. But how long has he been coaching Hawthorne? Four, dude. Like A- A- eighteen Elster years or something. Eighteen years. Okay. So if Bevo say he'd been coaching the Bulldogs for eighteen years, mm. and in that time he's won like three, yeah. So he's won another two three, premierships, yeah. like you know. And so he's been there for another ten years, and he's won like another couple of premierships. Yeah, he can coach for life. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah, of course, this is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was what was the what was the question you were going to pose?
1: Well, the question was, I guess, as a fan, do you think, no, this is good? Because, you know, it's time. We have to do a rebuild. It's good to get a new coach in. Like, it's better to, like, you know, genuinely have a succession plan get to, rather than get to the point where Alastair Clarkson just gets to coach forever because he coached us through a really successful period. Okay. There's, like, even Lee Matthews eventually, like, moved on from, like, being the Brisbane coach. Yeah. Like, is there, but I
0: actually, he, no, you've, like you've got Clarko- you've got to give it context. In the context of being a bulldog supporter, the first ever multiple premiership coach, coach for life, Hawthorne have multiple premiership coaches every decade. Like they're they're not stressed. They're like, well, we'll get Clarko gone, and we'll, we'll get the next fucking super coach to get us our next dynasty. I mean, I think that's what they think. Yeah, I definitely think that's the attitude
1: that they have. I hope this time they're not they're not right. I think it'd be a, a good... I mean, I have no animosity towards Sam Mitchell, Mitchell particularly, but he seems like a good villain for this storyline. Oh, 100%. You know, the idea of the, you know, the homegrown hero finally taking over from one of the most successful coaches in the history of the club. The president's kind of been involved in the ousting of him. He's got his man now for this. And then it all just goes tits up horribly. There is part of me that would find that... appealing
0: as a storyline. It is Godzilla Godzilla versus King Kong. Just let them fight. Like it's alien versus predator. You're not really rooting for anyone. You're just rooting for carnage. I don't think they will be. Well, it's funny
1: though. I have less faith they'll be successful now in the short term than I did. I guess that's my gut reaction at the moment is that I reckon there's been some signs in Hawthorne over the past few weeks where – you think, particularly since the break, where it feels like Clarkson's, yeah, got them playing a much better brand of football. You can see some good young players coming through. He seems to be very enthusiastic about it. So this all came as a massive surprise to me. I heard Sam McClure like kind of half break this story the night before. He, he didn't say this was what was going to happen, but when Sam Mitchell basically had said no to the Collingwood job, he went on Sports Today and he uh, gave it a bit of um, my speculation on this would be mm-hmm the only reason he would turn it down is if there's a plan in place at Hawthorne and then the next day they came out and announced the plan. So I don't know if like, Sam McClure knew that to be the case and just couched in that language to be careful or whether his speculation was just correct. But I think that I feel less confident they'll be successful in the short term now than I did when I thought that Clarkson was
0: going to be there. I mean, if you just analyse it on the facts... You know, even you could talk about Collingwood the same way. You, what you are saying is we are taking a premiership coach, a proven premiership coach, and we're pushing him aside for this untried guy who we think is going to be good. Like that, to that, to me, speaks to a more of an Australian kind of apathy. In the same way as a country, we tend to toss out governments that we get bored of, <laughs> not based around any like policy or anything. It's like you've had you go. Doesn't matter about your track record. You've had you go. We're bored. Change the channel. Okay, but here's what I would say. Maybe, like, I mean, Clarkson's
1: attitude for players. He did it with Hodgie, He did it with like Jordan Lewis. He did it with yeah Ruffy and those guys. He's like you know, saying to them at the end, you know, we have a limited time frame for you here, but if you want to go off to somewhere else and get a longer deal, or get more money, it's time for that to happen. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jeff came in and gave him the Clarko speech. <laughs> Like, it's hard for you to turn stage. this down when this is the exact same words you said to Jordan Lewis. In fact, I've got Jordan Lewis back to the club. He rarely comes back, but he wanted to be here for this moment. He asked, in fact, if he can deliver the message and Jordan just comes in under Jeff's arm and says, Clarko.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just... Like, Sam Mitchell was one of those players he moved on. So right. there, there is... Part of me was thinking, I wonder, like... I wonder how that's going to go. Like if they – if okay, just say uh, Clarko does do his – fulfills his contract in 2022. Mm-hmm. At some point, Sam Mitchell's going to be like, when do I get to say what I've always wanted to say to him? Like at what point? Is it once we're out of finals? Is it once the season's over? Because I've been working on this for seven years. I've been working no, on like, I reckon the, like it's, the perfect comeback. I think
1: knowing Sam Mitchell, because Sam Mitchell could never actually – Control his emotions in this regard right like he was the guy who did the you know mime the drugs to the Essendon players like yeah. too soon man yeah yeah tragedy plus time is comedy <laughs> you just you haven't nailed this one but he's learned from that and he's like you know revenge is in the dish best served, served cold he's been moved out of the club and he has been plotting mm-hmm. he has every single day since that day he's had a plan and yesterday he walked past Alistair Clarkson's office and he just whispered Gotcha, cunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, exciting news. Uh, we actually have some Rowling coverage for this week. Um, uh, uh, this was uh, sent to us by someone on Twitter. Sorry, I forgot your name. It was in the Age on the weekend. It's a little uh, a little column by Peter Ryan, and the head- headline is "The Sharon Shifter Who Threw Matt Rowell Off His Line." Have you read this story? Beautiful. Haven't read it, but love it already. Okay. Uh, so the friendship between former schoolmates Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson is well known, and it has not missed a beat since they were drafted together to join the Suns at the end of 2019. I mean, that's, I think that's something we've been deprived of with Matt Rowell missing so much football, is more of this kind of Bert and Ernie uh, bromance between Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell. I think that's a, that's, that's a storyline I, I want to know more about. We got pitched a buddy comedy. Yeah. We got pitched bad boys. (laughs) And then Will Smith
1: did an injury. And we've been fucking hanging out with Martin Lawrence for three years. Just going, when will these two get back together? Uh, uh,
0: Though Anderson would have have been disappointed not to play in the Sun-stirring win over Richmond, he would have been a rat for his teammates, particularly Raul, who celebrated his 20th birthday on game day. Happy birthday, Matt Raul. What's the bet his birthday cake was shaped like a football? and He would have been, this is the best birthday present ever. This is all I wanted from my birthday. Whether Raul received another Sharon as a present for his birthday is unknown. But his first win for the season reminded uh, this column that a Sharon shifter had bemused Raul for part of last year as he recovered from a shoulder injury. Hmm, Are you intrigued? Okay. I've, I've so the injury never did, been more intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> the injury did not stop Raoul from wanting to keep a football within arm's reach as he settled into life on the Gold Coast with Anderson as part of the household of Sons CEO Mark Evans. Beautiful. There's another element to the story. So you've got Buddy Cop happening in the home of Mark Evans. So it's almost like different strokes or something like that. Like Mark Evans has taken in these two boys and you're know, like hijinks ensue. The 2021 brand ambassador for sharing estimates he owns about 50 footballs, having started to collect them as a child, meaning footballs often dotted Evans' house. Great. Is that one thing you would have thought was going to happen when you are Mark Evans and you billeted out your house to this young guy? Footage everywhere. Well, this
1: is what I love is, like, I've always
0: kind of been under the assumption that the footballs
1: were his bedroom at home. Right. Like, I felt, felt like this was like a story from his youth. But this idea... That he has moved into Mark Evans' house with 50 and he brought him, like, one suitcase <laughs> like full of clothes. <laughs> and then <laughs> like his family come in all carrying footballs <laughs> and just start loading them into his room. No,
0: I reckon he arrives with one suitcase and one of those big net bags you used to see at footy training that they keep the footies in, he just has that slung over his shoulder.
1: <laughs> I, I like the I, I hope that he says goodnight to them every night. <laughs> Like, that's what, you know, it's like kind of the end of Little House on a Prairie or whatever it was, where it's just like, good night, Sharon. Good night, Sharon Brockovich. <laughs> good night, Sharon
0: Phillips. He's got a
1: name for each of them. Good night, Sharon Fenn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so he uh, he's, he's Sharon's. Dot, uh, Mark Evans' house. They're all around Mark Evans' house. That's why he st- um uh, the good bloke that Raoul is, he tried very hard to ensure the place remained tidy. So he had positions. Uh, where So, he had positions where most of his Sharon sat in his bedroom. Again, completely checks out, right? You imagine Matt Rowell is very meticulous about how he arranges f- 52 Sharon's in a bedroom. <laughs> Someone's touched my Sharon's.
1: <laughs> Why are my Sharon's not exactly where I left my Sharon?
0: He's just got like the tape measure and it's got like a spirit level every night. Just like make sure they're perfectly aligned on the wall. <laughs> Uh, so he's got his positions, perf- uh, you know, perfectly positioned around the room. That's when he started to become bewildered when he would return home from training some nights and find each football in a different spot. After some thought, he twigged that their relocation relocations seemed to coincide with the day a cleaner would visit the busy house. Being a good mate, mm-hmm. Anderson encouraged Raoul to take it up with the cleaner and polite and politely request they be left alone. Good advice from your, your good mate, right? Possibly. <laughs> Little did Rao know, Anderson was the culprit, secretly making mischief yep. at his mate's expense and that's waiting for would accuse. As
1: well, that's why I wouldn't have been so keen on taking that advice from my mate, who was clearly
0: doing it. <laughs> Uh, he was secretly making mischief at his mate's expense, waiting for him to accuse the cleaner of moving his footballs. part of an on- uh, part of ongoing competitions between the two that never seemed to cease. Raoul resisted putting his foot down for weeks until Anderson realised he'd better come clean as the Sharon shifter. I mean, can you imagine being that cleaner? <laughs> this little kid, this little 20-year-old, who looks like he's 50, comes up and has a word to you about the Sharons. Excuse me you moving my Sharons
1: <laughs> You know what I love about this, though, is that he waited a while before he even mentioned it. Like, So this is the period I want to imagine, when Matt Rale comes home and he has this sense that his sharons have been shifted. Like night one, they feel like they're out of place, but he's probably like, you know what? I'm probably just remembering it differently. I probably put them in a different place yesterday. I don't know. Something's gone on. I'll let it be. Comes home the next time and he's like, you know what? This is... They're definitely in different places of where they were last time. Okay, I've got to find a pattern. I've got to get some charts together. I've got to work out when this is happening. He's made it four weeks in. Up until that point before he works out, maybe it's the cleaner. I don't know what he imagined was happening. I like to imagine that much like the movie Toy Story, he thought <laughs> yeah. the Shermans were coming alive when he wasn't there
0: and hanging out with each other. It's it's funny, isn't it? Like Because Noah Anderson is smart. Really good prank. Set it up, uh, timed it to coincide with the day the cleaner arrived. So he gave himself some plausible deniability. But I wonder if maybe he should have just pulled back on moving it. It should have been more like traditional gaslighting, where you just take one football and just turn it like, you know – Forty-five degrees. So maybe he doesn't see it at first, but subconsciously he would know that something was wrong. And then you do it again, and then you just—this play. This is what Alistair Clarkson or Sam Mitchell would do. That would—this would be a fifteen-year torture process until Matt Rowell lost his mind. This is how—if Sam Mitchell had to play on Matt Rowell, this is what Sam Mitchell would do. Um, I've got some more Queensland news. If you want oh, some fantastic.
1: more Queensland news, okay. So. I follow a few AFL players online and uh, sometimes, you know, their content is like, what I have noticed is that often there is a great disparity between the player they are on the field and the person they are online. Now we all know about the idea of people becoming emboldened when they go online, they have stronger opinions, they'll get in fights, they'll present an image of their life that perhaps is more glamorous than the image they project on the on the field, but then occasionally, you get a player who goes the other way, and I'm going to put him on today's agenda. Um, his name. Uh, so, who would you say is the most exciting player who plays at the Brisbane Lions? Uh, Lincoln McCarthy or oh, Charlie Cameron? Charlie Cameron. Okay, I'm going to take you through just the last seven or eight tweets from Charlie Cameron. One of the oh, most yes. magical. AFL players of all time. Yeah. Now, here's what you've got to know about Charlie Cameron on Twitter. He's not even Charlie Cameron. He is Charles Cameron. Oh. Yeah. This gives you a bit of an idea of the straight-ahead nature of what you're going to get from his tweets. Okay. He has pretty much one area of interest, which is football. Occasionally okay. basketball, but like basically NFL, AFL, basketball. That okay. is his area of tweets. So, I'll take you back to... Um, the 7th of May. Give him the car already. Hashtag Shay. Yep. Right? Shay Bolton takes a big mark. Charlie Cameron's like, give him the car already. Didn't even win mark of the round. Probably about the third best mark of the year. Turns out that Charlie went a little (laughs) early on that one. But, (laughs) this is like, that's straight ahead, to the point, not many words. Now, there's a little uh, video that he's retweeted from the AFL. Uh, humor cluggage. Um, doing a little uh, balk through a pack. And he's uh, tweeted that along with, with, this man is a Rolls Royce. So again, just real... Straight ahead. Straight ahead yep. commentary. Uh, state of origin. Oh, no, no, it's not state of origin. It's uh, NRL day. What a morning in Brisbane. Let's go, Storm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh. This is his basketball tweet. The blind king, hashtag LeBron James. So real,
0: like nothing Twitter it's presence. Almost no, like a bot is writing them. Like it's so, they're quite generic. It could be a bot. So, like, I
1: mean, he kind of tweets in the way of someone who's live tweeting a sporting event, but yeah. it's just one random comment without context. <laughs> And then like ages in between and he's onto a different sport and he's making one other little observation. Like, um, uh, Next one. Uh, Tex Walker kicks a goal. He's retweeted that. Best kick ever has, uh, at Tex Walker. <laughs> right. So real straight ahead stuff. He's onto a Collingwood game. Jamie Elliott reminding a few people that he's still one of the best small forwards. Now that's a big tweet. For Charles Cameron at this stage. Really yeah. must have been impressed by Jamie Elliott's game. Uh, OMG hashtag Crom. Not
0: even sure what that means. <laughs> crom. Isn't that the villain from Conan the Barbarian? Maybe he was watching Conan the Barbarian. Crom! <laughs>
1: <laughs> OMG hashtag Crom. Okay. okay. Now he's on to an NRL Broncos and Souths game. Try save of the year. Hashtag NRL Broncos South. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't tweet. Why do you think that, like, what is it about that game where he's just like, you know what? I normally don't go to Twitter, but that was
0: a really great try save. I've got to go and make it known. They're so dry, too. Like, there's no, you don't get a sense of a personality. Like, I wouldn't know if I didn't know who Charlie Cameron Nothing. was. I would not be able to tell you he's a bit of a larrikin. and they're just they're really just dry tweets, and it's weird. It's so opposite uh, to how he plays football,
1: absolutely opposite to how he plays football. So this one, uh, he's obviously a storm's fa- a storm fan. So number one, baby storm, after they win a game, uh, about a Brisbane Lions game, he's endearing 40K. himself Let's to the go. people of
0: Queensland as well.
1: <laughs> uh, now this is where it's starting to really. Uh, I love these are his most recent two. Up the storm, six days ago. Six days ago, Charles Cameron was like, you know what? I got to get out there and raise my social media presence. <laughs> <laughs> Up the storm, <laughs> job done. Shut Twitter account. But it's this one that came through today that I just love the most because he's gone out of sport, Charlie.
0: Oh, and he's gone to the movies. Oh God! What do you
1: think that uh, Charles Cameron might go and see? If he goes is and it see a movie? recently?
0: Like it's something that's out now, or in the last couple of weeks? It's
1: a, out in cinemas now. This tweet was forty five yeah. minutes ago. This is like fast. This and, basically came through as we were starting to do this podcast. Fast and the Furious Nine. No, see that's if he'd gone and seen F Nine, I would have absolutely gone. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But no, not not F Nine. Uh. Um. Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Seven out of ten. Hashtag <laughs> <Seven>. Black Widow. <laughs> seven out of ten. I mean,
0: it's virtually. Me- that's. I mean, it's mediocre. Like, why would you jump online to say this film was all right? <laughs> it's like, like literally,
1: if you'd left the world without your opinion on Black Widow, things would have been exactly as they were beforehand. But six days have gone past since. Up the up the at the storm. <laughs> we'll better let people know what I thought about Black Widow.
0: Will, will, we will. We have to stop the podcast. I saw an okay movie that kind of had a dumb ending, but it was okay. It was perfectly watchable.
1: <laughs> it was neither good nor bad. <laughs> oh seven God. out of ten.
0: Uh, seven, ten. I, uh, I mean, we have to trawl through and find out if he's reviewed any other movies. I need to know his other ratings. What? What did anything get a ten out of ten? But, yeah, and
1: this is the thing. I don't – I have flicked back a little bit. Oh, this – hang on. I didn't go back at the, as far as this one. This – literally, this is the whole tweet. This is the tweet, as the young people would say. On the 6th of May, uh, Charles Cameron went to his phone or computer and decided to tweet two words based on his previous tweets. Can you guess what those two words were? Ghost Storm. Oh, Storm is one of them. Ah. Uh even more literal even than mel than then oh sorry it's melbourne storm he literally just tweeted oh. <laughs> melbourne storm like...
0: well he does write charles like, cameron so he not likes to an use...
1: exclamation mark no some sort of excitement emoji no like Ghost storm literally just the two words melbourne storm are they capitalized at least is it like all caps yes all caps no not all caps just the m and the s are capitalized <laughs> That's <laughs> so enigmatic. What does he mean? Maybe he's maybe there was actually a storm okay. in Melbourne. <laughs> this is what I should have been looking at. How many likes did the have? A guess at how many likes uh, Charles Cameron's tweet Melbourne storm got.
0: Well, can you tell me how many followers he's got so I get an idea of? Uh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, let's see if that that, that, that might, that's actually a good idea. So he has, um. Uh, 11,000 followers. I've got fucking more followers than Charles Cameron. When it comes to the CCs, I'm, so. I'm winning Twitter.
1: <laughs> you fucking hope so.
0: I mean, when I say I've got more,
1: just a few more. I have just gone back <laughs> yeah. to um, March. I've found where he hasn't tweeted about sport again. Okay. Uh, so, this is not about a movie. It's about a television show. What do you think that Charles Cameron was watching in March this year? On the 31st of March, on the eve of the AFL season, what was Charles Cameron sitting down to watch on the TV? So, and what was the date, sorry? Uh,
0: 31st of March. March of this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's when all the footy was kicking off. It was a football game. It was an NRL game. Was it the Storm?
1: No, it's a non-sport. This is a... he's.
0: Other non-sporting oh. tweet. I found one that's oh, non-sporting. Okay. okay. So he was watching, was it a movie or a TV show? It was a TV show, a TV
1: series. I'll, I'll give you even a clue more. It's a reality yeah. TV series. Ah, making their
0: mark. <laughs> <laughs> does start with an M. Uh no. Oh, um, um, uh, is it a true crime? No. A reality show, reality show, Australian reality show. Yes, Master Chef
1: does start with an M, but no, not Master oh. Chef.
0: Um, reality shows start with a Master Chef. Is, is it like a music show, singing show? Or oh, I'll just give it to you. Yeah, Married at First Sight. Oh, he's a maths fan. <laughs> Well,
1: he's enough of a Mavs fan that he seems to have never tweeted about it apart from on the 31st of March where he decided to say, Melissa, just leave this dude
0: already. <laughs> Did you say he doesn't tweet very, very regularly? I'd like to make this a weekly segment. What's Charlie tweeting? I mean, it's only a few a week is what would be my, like. It's a handful a week. Okay. All right. Let's do. Let's make this regular segment, and we'll call it Charles in Charge in brackets of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can let us know what's been going on uh, uh, with Charles Charles Charlie Cameron on Twitter. Uh, well, are you ready for this week's pocket profile? Yes. All right. uh This has been one of our most requested. A number of people sent this in. I spaced it out a bit because we've already done an Essendon player, but I read ahead, and this. Is well worth our time. Um, are you familiar with an Essendon player called Braden Ham? I mean, not that familiar, really, to be honest. Uh, he's All I know is he wears a number 33 because I'm looking at a photo of him celebrating a goal and he's the number 33. He doesn't look that tall, so I'm not going to say he's a ruckman or anything. I'm going to say he's a half forward, a forward to, or a mm-hmm. midfielder. Okay. Um, okay. So this is from the Bombers website. Fresh off his three-goal performance against Richmond, oh, young midfielder, there you go, Braden Ham. It's a series of short questions. Now, I would like to give you a bit of a tone of the of the guy before we get started. Jokester, all right. Bit of a ham, would you say? Bit of a ham, yeah. Doesn't mind a laugh. Have a bit of a laugh. Doesn't mind. I imagine he likes to blow the, blow, you know, blow the top off a few froffies. And oh, uh, okay. That right. style of humour.
1: Are we talking yeah. like sportsman's night sort of humour? Would that yeah. be his favourite type
0: of humour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a mix. He, he seems to work in a different few comedy styles, but yeah, he's that guy at the footy club. Um, okay, what's his nickname? And I have to give you a clue because it's not. It has nothing to do with his name, which is surprising, right? Because I would just I thought of your like head, the the burglar? Well, like, so give me um, the, the stages. Oh well,
1: no, so ham, hamburger. That's it. That would be <laughs> the whole steps. That would literally be you wouldn't need anymore. We're done, guys. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so it's an it's a nickname that uh could be it's it's a good descriptor for a player at Essendon and it's also a good descriptor of a mob boss.
1: Um, a player descendant or a mob boss. Um, there's no player called Godfather, at <laughs> but you're in the right. You're in the ballpark. The,
0: the Godfather son rule um, that, that have down at Um It's more of a colloquialism bo- for uh, someone who's a Godfather um uh oh godfather like a, a, a and Tom think was of essendon too like what are, what are, what are essendon um, sometimes called what are they shortened what, what's the what are they shortened to the don essendon. oh don yeah Okay. the don right all right the don so he calls yes. himself and i'm gonna i'm gonna assume he calls himself this <laughs> the don the don because don is good
1: or be, yeah. is it don like don bradman do you think or do you think it is like mafia Don?
0: I think it's like the salami. <laughs> He's got a massive spotty dick. <laughs> so he calls himself the Don. And he says to the ladies, all the fellas, I don't know him that well, Is Don is good. Is <laughs> <He's> good. <laughs> I'm about to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a kid, what did you want to be? First joke answer, a cocksure answer, also the name of a, I think it's like a HBO Kind of sports centered series, Um, an HBO sports centered series.
1: Um, uh, Oh, is it the Rocks show? Correct. Um, Oh, what is that fucking show called? Um, It's about agents. It's called Balls Balls. Baller Baller
0: (laughs) Baller. He wanted to be a baller, basketballer. But I imagine he also means baller, as in like he's just balling as well. Yeah, but could it
1: player. mean he wish, wishes he was a little bit taller? He wishes he was a baller.
0: <laughs> yeah, he wishes he had a rabbit and a hat. Um, okay, most admired opponent plays for uh, Carlton and in, in his age bracket, in his age group. Young Carlton player. Sam Walsh. Correct. Sorry, you are. All right, you're three out of three. This is a good start. Um, why does he like Sam Walsh? Bit of a smart ass answer. Um, because he or hang on, tackle me. I'll ever. give you another clue. Bit of a smart, uh, smart ass answer could also be a sarcastic answer from an emo team. Um, why do you like Sam Walsh? Uh, because he's
1: good, stupid. Because I <laughs> like him. Oh yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. What's the answer was this? Spanish Inquisition. Whatever. I like him. I don't know if you like him, I said the question wasn't why I liked him. Well, this question Bra- is why you like him. <laughs> Braden stop. My name's Braden, all right? Call me the Don. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Don. I'm good. Do you want to see my salami?
0: Who is his all time favorite player? Um, he was a Tiger, uh, but finished his career at another club. Jeff, Jeff reigns, no, no, <laughs> I, um, no, more, more uh, sort of in the last no, would more, have re- only retired a couple of years me. ago,
1: yeah, okay. And he finished at another club,
0: <laughs> yeah. In fact, you'd probably say this is the most heartbreaking story of Richmond's rise. Is that oh, this player...
1: um, uh, oh, uh, fucking, what is his name? Played halfback, he was like yep. a really good player, went to GWS, um, yep. had a series of knee problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a handsome guy. Yeah. Uh, look, I've
0: described it to him too. <laughs> you can find him. <laughs> Brett Deledio, Lids. Okay. <laughs> uh, supplementary question Why was Lids his favourite all time player? And just think back to some of the answers he's already given. Um, because he was a baller. Because he's a baller. He had a rabbit and a hat. Okay. <laughs> Who's the first player he would choose in fantasy football? He names one of his teammates um, who has a lot of raps on him. Hasn't reached his full potential yet, but a a lot of people expect that this guy's going to be again. Uh, Tall. um, Nick Cox. No. That was a a trick question because, yes, Nick Cox (laughs) is also big. It's actually Sam Draper, the big fella, as he calls him. Um if you could ask someone to be your mentor who who would it be? Joke um, answer think back to some of the answers you've already given yeah, so is it the rock <laughs> Nick Cox you would like Nick Cox oh, to be his okay. mentor yeah all right. all right, do you reckon the old ham burglar, the Don do you think he likes daytime ham Night. Don Ham Don ham no John Ham oh Don Ham. <laughs> That's right. yeah, like Don Smallgoods, they also make ham. <laughs> but of course, sorry. I got confused about the guy from, uh, what's that show? Made, made Men? By... But also
1: Don Ham, his brother.
0: <laughs> Don. <laughs> John Ham and Braden Ham. Um, okay. Do you reckon old Hamburglar prefers a daytime, nighttime, or twilight grand final? Yeah, interesting. Nighttime. No, twilight. I thought you would have got that because he's a real character. Out of the box,
1: yeah. But that's why I was um, like nighttime. I felt like he was a nighttime operator. I, I felt really confident about that too. I was really like just distrust- Like sometimes I overthink. Like what? To- and I was like, nah, just feel it. And I felt nighttime for him. I think he's wrong. I think he's got his own <laughs> you answer know wrong. Him I think better than he knows. Himself. I think he'll reconsider. I think that's a joke <laughs> answer because everyone knows he's a nighttime operator. Um, okay, uh,
0: if he wasn't a footballer, what would he like to be? So, I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to tell you what it is, but I want you to be specific about. So, he wants to be a cricketer, but what kind of cricketer does he want to be and at what event? Oh, okay. So, what type of cricket? Or what does he type want of cricket,
1: I should say. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he wants to. It's like, so not a joke. Answer, you're saying right? like he'd be like a batsman, bowler, wicketkeeper, like one of those yep. sort of positions, yep. as you're
0: saying. He'd like to open the batting for Australia in a Test match. <sighs> the second half was correct. He'd like to be in a Test match, but he would like to be the opening bowler. But you know what? I reckon you were close enough. Like you, you, you I reckon you're back on ham. I reckon you're. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we just need to throw some eggs down next year because uh, you're you're sizzling on this, <laughs> the old man. Um, Okay, I'm going to call you green eggs, Will, (laughs) because you go together with Anne. Um, Okay, now this is a joke answer. What is a talent you wish you had and he gives a superpower? Uh,
1: Is it a superpower that would also be handy as an AFL footballer?
0: No, not necessarily, no. It would help him on the field.
1: Yeah, so it's not like
0: super speed, super strength, or flying, no, really, no, because no. they're things that would help. It's you actually in kind of a. Cre- it. It's actually a kind of creepy superpower.
1: Yeah, the t- ability to turn invisible or invisible. to see through. <laughs> the wolf. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of like perving on people in their in their
0: change rooms or something. Thing, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, what makes you laugh? And you can breathe a sigh of relief. Carl Baron. He doesn't know the comedian. just add him to the list of footballers who haven't nominated you as their favorite comedian. Uh, What makes him laugh? Is it a teammate's rig? Is it like some sort of... Close. Yeah. You are definitely in the ballpark um, and it's someone he's already mentioned. Um, So Nick Cox.
1: Nick Cox's um,
0: weird-shaped head. Oh, Will Anderson, take a bow. It's really? It's his head, absolutely. <laughs> this is the second week in a row where you've been simpatico with our player, and it's, it's, no, it's really wonderful good. to see. I reckon, I reckon you're, you're a bit like GWS. It's taken you half the season to kind of like just get your, your team together, and now you're just having a, a charge into the finals. I'm really excited to see what happens for the rest of the year. Um, okay, joke answer. Describe yourself in one word. This is something that Kanye – Kanye might describe himself like this or, or Beyonce or something like it's, – it's got a bit of that to it, grandiosity, but in that kind of hip-hop milieu. Uh, it's definitely a youth word. You probably see it written on, like, Twitter when someone's like, yeah, yes, go queen, They're hashtag this. Uh, describe oh. yourself in one word. Blessed? Something you should call out if there's a crime happening. <laughs> P- police? No. <laughs> no, they don't tell you to sell that because no one comes over you. have got to yell. Fire. Fire. Hashtag fire. It, hashtag fire. He describes himself as fire. I love him. I love the old hand burglar. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> what did you learn about yourself during lockdowns? He comes a bit more of that, you know, that kind of a, a footy club larrikin, uh, in the vein of uh, what makes him laugh. What did he learn about himself during COVID lockdowns? That um, Nick Cox finds it hard to find a hat that fits him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish
1: that was the answer because that's great. Uh,
0: what he learned about himself during COVID lockdown, Will, is that I really don't like Matt Guelphie as a bloke. <laughs> oh boy it feels a bit
1: too much to me me actually feels right he's a he's like a, a real bad human being like i actually rang bully. his parents i just actually had to point out that this he's a he's a bad dude he's got some horrible opinions
0: i don't like him uh what's the thing biggest thing you missed during hub life this kind of is an, it seems like a nonsensical answer because the whole reason he was in Hub was because of this. So what did he miss during Hub Life? Football? Yeah, which is weird, right? He missed playing That's footy weird. during Hub Life. Was he injured or something? Maybe. Um What was the most enjoyable thing about Hub Life? And this seems to be his most sincere answer. Uh the opportunity to bond with my mates i'm going to give you that because he says dinner time with my friends ned and nick um what was the least enjoyable thing about hub life and let me just say time for another drive-by matt same wealthy. target <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> horrible human being he's <laughs> <His> absolute <laughs> brutally wrong dude called matt Guelphy. let me spell it for you just so you get it <laughs> correctly
0: Listen enjoyable thing about Hub Life, seeing Matt Gwelfie every day. Um, biggest pest during Hub Life.
1: You've got to uh, assume, is- by the way, that he and Matt Gwelfie are friends, right? Like this is oh, the assumption underlying. So. You would hope that this is like best mates zing at each other as opposed to the fact that he's like, no, nah, this is my chance. I am getting it out there. This prick has got to go.
0: Uh, The biggest pest during Hub Life is Ross McQuillan. Why is he a pet? Uh, I just gave you the answer. Um, You know what? Forget that question. I didn't realize that the answer was also in the question. Moving on. Funniest teammate during Hub Life. We've talked about this player before. He shares a a, surname with a uh, famous West Indian fast bowler. Just give me the surname. Uh, oh God. Um, okay. Begins so, with an A. Uh, Ambrose. Patrick Ambrose loved a prank. Oh really? Okay. Uh, what's the favourite sporting event he would like to attend? Um, now you're not going to get this answer because he's being. This is this is him doing a bit of like. Um, you know, Mighty Boosh, Sam Simmons kind of absurdist comedy. So just give me your most absurd answer to that and yeah, we'll compare it to this to the the hamburger. Um uh the first AFL game on Mars. It's close. And the under 17s Irish hockey game at three AM. <laughs> <laughs> What's Irish hockey? Is that like a euphemism for something? Oh, hey, you want I to play some not. Irish hockey? <laughs>
1: cause it wouldn't be good. Is all I'm saying is if it is especially a euphemism if it's under 17, it is not a euphemism for something nice. I feel like that's like his search term on the dark web. They're like what's your favorite search term on the dark web under 17 Irish hockey if you know
0: what I'm saying. Wink. Uh what's the last series he binged on? Um it's a game show, Australian game show. Mm, okay, paying attention. The Chase. Oh. Who would you like to see as the halftime entertainment? Okay, good. Give um, us a joke a answer. Is it a band? Is it a like, oh, no, it's, a joke it's actually. Ken Bloody a, a, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an American comedic actor, um, and he wants him to perform a, a, a funny song he did from one of his movies. I'm going to say uh, uh, not, a, not Adam Sandler, but an SNL alum, probably one of the biggest comedy actors in the world. Will Ferrell. Correct. And what song does he want him to perform? Something from uh, Old School? No, he did a film where the the climax of the film was Uh, him singing... Oh, hang on. Uh,
1: the, from not the Euro, Eurovision one. He sings no, in a lot no. of his movies is what I'm realising now <laughs> because I was thinking it was from old school where he sings that song to Blue, you know, like he sings oh, yeah. at
0: Blue's funeral. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. I forgot about that. No, he's talking about Step Brothers when he sings uh, uh, that song at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Okay. Uh, who is the most famous person you've met? And I think this might be Joe answer because I'm going to have to Google it. Um, he says that this person is actually a good mate of his and he is... A German professional tennis player who was born in Russia. I'm going to say he's joking. Have you heard of Misha Zevrev z- 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 oh, I'm going. To, I'm murdering this name. Z-, z V E R E V. How do you even Zverev? I,
1: if it's not Verev. pronounced Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic, I am mostly unfamiliar with who that person
0: is. <laughs> Do you think that he is good mates with this guy? He's, I don't know what his ranking in the world is, but he's won some Grand Slams. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say yes. For some reason, I'm going to believe that he's, that he's telling the truth. Um, who are three famous people he'd like to meet? One of them, <clears throat> huge movie star known for taking off his clothes. The other one is an Australian morning show host, I believe, or daytime host. And the last one is 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 a teammate with a great nickname. Oh boy, Um, famous
1: for taking off his clothes in movies. Yeah, Um, two movies in particular.
0: Okay, so uh, is it Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum, correct. The uh, daytime host, male, Australian daytime host. star, and he was. I believe he's won like he's Carl Stefanovic. Carl Stelvanovic, correct. And so who has the best nickname? It's actually, let's not a, the, the nickname is derived exactly from his surname. He has a great real name and his nickname is the logical extension of that. Um, He's a Pacey on baller, Ford Pocket, Mercurial, Excitement Machine, first Anthony name. Anthony
1: McDonald Tip
0: and Woody? No, Irving uh, Mosquito. Mozzie. Who is his favorite team or sport, sports person outside of football? Again, another name I'm going to have to Google. It's a person uh, they, what they do. A professional basketballer. Uh, he plays for... I don't know who he plays for. Oh, he plays for the Bulls. I've never heard of this guy. His uh, first name is Kirk. Peng <laughs> That's right. <laughs> After In excess broke up, he was drafted by the Chicago Bulls. Um, Kirk Hinrich, or Hinrich. Have you ever heard of that guy? Okay. No. You remember his joke answer for the sporting event he would love to go to, which we oh, think was. Oh, yeah, might the Under 17s um, uh, Irish, Irish hockey. hockey. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. So, with that in mind, what's the best sporting event he's ever seen? The Under 17s Irish hockey at 3 a.m.? Under 15's badminton in in Korea. Oh my God. Again, these are dark web search terms. (laughs) If he won 10 million, what would he buy first? And this is a joke answer. It's something that you hear hoity toity people who live in New York say in movies and on TV. They summer in. Uh, uh, The Hamptons? In the Hamptons. Which is, you know, I'm very surprised. He's quite like pop culture literate, isn't he? With his like references. You go, two things. I'd buy a house in the Hamptons and a hitman for Matt Guelphie, who is a terrible (laughs) human being. Um, What is something that people would be surprised to learn about you? That I'm friends with? That tennis player from before that we can't remember. No. Jaden Laverde, who I think, again, Uh, another joke answer. What was his best subject at school? <clears throat> not mm. to do with sport.
1: It doesn't strike me as a mathematician, but then again, he's like, he's got a lot of references, like literary references. And he like, he seems mm. to be quite
0: like, Think not more history, practical, not like, more practical subject than English or maths. Uh Woodwork. Homeroom. Does that count as a
1: subject? Oh, I guess that's a joke answer. Homeroom. <laughs> is homeroom a subject?
0: I don't know. I didn't have homeroom offered at my high school, so I don't. I've always wondered what. I think my sister, they had home ec at their school. Home, what is home ec? Yeah, home economics, which was basically like right. cooking, right? Cooking right. classes.
1: It wasn't is that really what home room is at all. What or is the...
0: homeroom like your break room where you go at lunchtime and stuff?
1: I guess so. What is I, think home that's room? What,
0: I think it's a joke answer. I think he's
1: saying oh. that my favorite class at school was when I was hanging out with my mates and not being in class.
0: Last week, we didn't know what a marsupial was. This week, we don't know what a homeroom is. Homeroom or a tutor group perform, is a short... Okay, yeah, so it's like your tutor room. It's in between class and stuff like that. It's your chill-out room. Okay. <clears throat> You're right, Will. What's his usual coffee order? And this could be a joke answer, but it's not strictly a coffee, but you go at a coffee shop and he gets it chilled.
1: Chilled, uh, an iced, uh, chilled. It gets it chilled. It's like an iced latte, a lot, an ice,
0: yeah, iced latte, iced chai latte. And what kind of, I was gonna say
1: chai, and then I backed out at the last moment. (laughs) No, coward. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm ashamed of myself. If I was Nathan Buckley, I would just be like, "This is over. This podcast is over." It was nice to be here, Charlie, but I can't believe I got that wrong. I blame myself and everyone around me. Uh, what milk does he drink with it? Uh, what milk does he drink with his latte? What kind of milk? Chai latte.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, What's it made with? Is this a, like could be a joke answer or just
0: like a real answer? <sighs> could who fucking knows? This guy's like the Joker. He's given so many uh, uh, origins. Oat milk. Oat milk, um, almond milk. It's really, this is you know this is a shame. You started so strong, but I feel like yeah. I think he I think he got in your head, man. I think he got in your head. There's just too many options what? available to you.
1: I knew it was a milk alternative. I knew it wasn't going to be. <laughs> but yeah, I went with oat milk and almond milk is probably more obvious. Nut juice. He feels like a nut juice guy.
0: Nut juice. city limits. Uh, what's the uh, dream place you'd love to live? It's somewhere in California. That's all I know about this place. I'm pretty sure Dr. Dre references it in one of his songs. Um, It's not one of the uh, the more obvious Californian references. Is it It Begins with an F? uh, um, Nah, tell me. Fresno. Fresno, California. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's an enigma. Okay. What is in store for him in his life after football? And this is... A joke answer uh, that brings up his good mate Nick Cox. But is not an insult. Oh, okay. More so self deprecating than that.
1: I'm gonna be Nick Cox's manager. I'm gonna be Nick Cox's barber. I'm gonna be Nick Cox's um, turtle to Nick Cox's star. I'm gonna
0: <laughs> Nick Cox and I are gonna go into some sort of business together. No. Nah. No, he wants, he's probably going to be living on Nick Cox's couch in his billionaire mansion. Okay, yeah, right. So it was some joke about Nick Cox being like really successful and him not being. So I was in the yeah. zone. I just, didn't you're in the zone. get the Yeah, that's all right. Uh, well, before we get to the mailbag, let's tell people hmm. what's happening at TOFOP.com. Who's on philosophy this week?
1: We'll also you this week a couple of really good episodes uh, that are new in the mix. Uh, Christian O'Connell, uh, who people might know as the host of um, the Gold Breakfast Show in Melbourne, but he also has a national radio show. But anyway, he's been on the show before. Really excellent guest. I highly recommend that one. And Anita Heiss uh, for NADOC Week. Dr. Anita Heiss comes on and tells us all about um, Indigenous Australia. And like we have a really good sort of conversation around. Uh, you know, how Indigenous stories are passed on. We talk a little bit of a footy on it as well. We talk about Adam Goods; She's a friend of Adam's. And we talk about what happened to Adam, you know, in the game of AFL. So, yeah, it's a really cool chat. And uh, faux this week, uh, Dave Anthony. It's a doe fop. Dave Anthony from the dollop is back on uh, faux this week as well.
0: And there's a new episode of Toefop that's gone up where uh, uh, we talk about uh, canned laughter, the idea of should you pipe canned laughter into a show if you don't have an audience? And we even experiment with it on the podcast. And it's fair to say it's mixed results. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that we can maybe incorporate it into later episodes, but uh, I'm not feeling it from the listeners. (laughs) I feel like there's a review. We're going to have to do a review. Um, All right, let's get to the letters. Uh, So this is from uh, Jack, who says, was backs against the wall the result of Buckley or Collingwood? Does Harvey and whoever takes over continue uh, continue it on, or does it transfer to a new team entirely? Now, this made me think, like, I've always just assumed backs against the wall it was a Collingwood thing, but was it a Buckley thing? I think that it was a Collingwood thing that has become
1: identified with Buckley. And I think that now it's been spoken, like Richmondy, It almost gets to the point where something is so acknowledged as being true that it can no longer be true. And I think that's what it's like with Collingwood. People are so aware of backs against the wall
0: that I don't think that backs against the wall operates as effectively as it used to operate. Uh, Clarence says, just wondering if you're concerned about the Eagles and their current lack of a Western Australian hair. If so, don't worry. Check out recruit Callum Jamison, yet to play a senior game, but his hair will save them. So here, I'm just going to drop into the message window. Please do check out this dude. Do you think that's what they're missing? And describe it for the audience. Yeah, okay.
1: Oh, well, I love it. Firstly, loved him in Hanson. (laughs) Um, Didn't like like him so
0: much when he was chasing Bruce Willis around that building in Die Hard.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is just a beautiful Bob. That's what it is. It is a beautiful Bob of blonde hair. And he has, by the way, two of the biggest front teeth you're ever going to see in your life. Like this guy, he's got teeth that look like Western Australian surfboards. Like he's been hugged by his mother who could only come up to his shoulder. Like she's almost cropped out of the photo. She's so short. He actually yeah. looks like he's got a woman's head growing out of his shoulder is actually what this photo looks like. And he is, yeah, he's a, like, I mean, it's like they gave a whole bunch of steroids to a young Brad Pitt. And yeah. and this is what came out. I say rush him in. I don't care where he's at in his program or his recovery. I think the Eagles are desperately in need of this
0: look. The good thing about those chompers is that he doesn't, like every uh, Australian, it's mandated you've got to wear a shark's tooth necklace. He can just take one of those chompers and throw it in a necklace right then and there. Save himself 15 bucks and well, just He jeans. intimidates sharks. Sharks see his teeth. They wear his teeth around their necks. Uh, this one's for you, Will, from Matt. With the Bulldogs top of the table in the AFL and VFL, is this the Dogs team with the most depth ever? I
1: mean, we're keeping a little <clears> down at the uh, Western Oval, oh. But, um, I mean, it's Melbourne's the lose. Look, <laughs> Not we, working never, anymore, mate, because <laughs> Melbourne never, are losing. <laughs> I know. Uh, look, you know, Norton's out this week and we're playing the Swans. We'll probably lose this week and that'll, that'll be good because it'll take some expectation off again. But, I mean... Yes, this is absolutely the best step the Bulldogs have ever had. Like the team that's in there is a a pretty good team at the moment. And you don't... Jamara isn't in there yet. There's like a bunch of guys like Lipinski who I think would be a startup at a whole bunch of other teams. You've got Sam Darcy in the draft. You've got a whole bunch of... Like, I mean, this has been Bevo's... This is not a surprise. This is what Bevo's been doing for the last three years. Like every year there'd be this, like, why is he playing all these players? Why is he, you know, like, He's been working on this clearly for a long time and he's clearly trying to put in place, yeah, it's absolutely the best depth. I mean, at the moment, we're on top of the ladder in the AFL and the VFL. We've never finished on top of the ladder in our entire fucking history. Like, And we, at the moment, don't have Adam Trelaw or Josh Dunkley playing. So, yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember a time in the history of the club where we have had the depth of list. It doesn't mean that I think at the top end we have the best players still. I still think there are teams that are better than us, but in depth of
0: list, yeah, absolutely. You heard it here first, folks. The lid is off. Will is predicting a dynasty for the Bulldogs. Best team ever, that's what he's saying. (laughs) Mini Me uh, writes in, since there's not much Rowling coverage, how about you guys put a call out for some Rowling fanfic? Maybe it could be part of the cuntf universe where Nat and Ben need to take parental care of him in a zany comedy. What do you reckon about that? I would love <clears> some <throat> Matt Rowell, Um Just like, I mean, keep it clean, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, keep yeah, 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 Keep it to, but what I'm saying is keep it to Matt Rowell's values. hundred percent. It's not like Matt Rowell with... at a strip club or something. It's Matt Rowell. Yeah. He's like Captain America. He's more like the old man in a young man's body.
1: Yeah, I just want like an average day in Matt
0: Rowe's life. It doesn't need to yeah. be a
1: superhero story, like a come fiction. You know what I mean? I yeah. just want like, you know, the you the secret day? diary of Matt Rowe aged yeah. you know twenty the years. The inner thoughts of Matt, Matt Rowell. Yeah,
0: a day in Matt Rowell's diary of Matt Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do diary. Uh Annie, uh, Annie says, which player at each of your clubs would you like most like to get to know as a friend? Um, you go first, or I'll go first. I, I would, I think. The last few weeks, this year, really, I have fallen in love with Paddy Ryder. Like, I was aware of Paddy Ryder and, you know, I knew he was a good Ruckman and stuff. But I just love that bloke. Like, the way he – what he did this week with, you know, getting that exemption to go to WA, flying to Perth, driving four hours to Geraldton so he could attend his uncle's funeral, then coming back the night before the game, then playing the way he did and just loving being out there. Like, I know he's 32, but I get the feeling – Maybe he'll be like one of those ruckmen who just goes for another five or six years because, I mean, he's younger than me, but I feel like he's my dad. (laughs) I want Paddy Ryder to be my dad. Like, he's just so big and strong and he's got aggro, but he seems really, like, cool and sensitive and I just love everything about him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hang out with Paddy Ryder. I mean, this will
1: surprise nobody that I say this, but, like, I genuinely also mean it. I think that Marcus Montempelli... I just think he's one of those people that I'm like, regardless of whatever scenario you were thrown into to just hang out, you'd be like, he'd be good company. Like, I think if I had to go on a road trip within, like there's plenty of the Bulldogs players that I would love to hang out with, no doubt. But uh, the way I put it is, you have to drive from, say, like Sydney to where we live. It's like a nine hour, 10 hour drive. Which of the players would you most like to share that 10 hour drive with? I I feel like Bont and I, even if we ran out of things to talk about, we'd probably just like,
0: find some podcast we both liked and just listen to it in silence. (laughs) Uh, Dom says, Charlie, if you could go back to the start of your life and pick a different footy team to love and sit the Saints, who would you choose? Hawthorne. Uh, Jeff says, Ari, your conversation a few weeks back and your support of the grand final being played away from Melbourne. If we deployed you guys to negotiate getting the grand final out of Victoria and the G and canceling the contract, what sort of sweeteners would you put forward on behalf of the other teams and States? Um, get it to Queensland. Get it to Queensland because, because there'll be plenty of seats. <laughs> Every fan, you won't have fans complaining about getting seats to the game because no one else is going to go there but the fans of the two teams playing. And you never now have I, to worry about Gold Coast I actually up think that
1: it would feel, I absolutely believe that whatever state you played the AFL
0: grand final in, it would fill whatever the biggest ground they have is. I have no doubt about that. So how would you pry it out of the MCG? Like what would you, you say? You can't. Like, There's no deal you can them. make with them that is like, you, you can't offer them anything that
1: is as valuable as what they already have. There is no incentive in them doing it. So you've got to offer them in return. Okay. You know what it is? What? You've got to recruit like an Ed Sheeran or someone like that. Like someone who can actually like sell or even bigger, ACDC. You've got to get someone involved who's like, you know what? You've got all these, yeah, these big days at the MCG, but we're going to come and like play a concert and you're going to get as many people there. Like you've got to yeah, Indiana right. Jones it. You've got to promise uh, them Phil- 20 events that are equal
0: to the contract, you know, so you can play it everywhere else. Yeah, right. Uh, Philip says, is there a correlation between Richmond's success and the world getting progressively worse, culminating with their third premiership and COVID-19? Now Richmond is back to their normal environment of ninth on the ladder. Will we see the world also get back to normal? Dangerous words, Philip. Dangerous words. We've written off both COVID and Richmond before.
1: We <laughs> don't know if there's know. a Delta variant of, of Richmond. <laughs> Richmond.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tim says, what would irritate Charlie and killed the blue balling till the end of the season and missing the dogs winning or melbourne winning <clears throat> all singular i don't give a fuck who wins the premiership I, i'm going to i'm going to be more upset if and it feels like this is where we're headed i reckon we have to win 6 out of the next 7 games to possibly play finals and i can't see that happening but i could see us winning enough for this to be annoying <laughs> like an annoying 12th finish to the season uh, Joel says, "What value coin do you think is used for the coin toss, and do you think the umpire pockets it afterwards?" Uh, One dollar. I reckon a big coin. Oh, really? Because it looks gold, looks better. I
1: reckon it's gold and it's like
0: big enough, but
1: it's not too big. Maybe I think like lit- a twenty cent piece. Maybe because it's
0: big, and you won't lose it in the mud. Okay. Um, uh Art Deco wants to know what do we think about playing rounds with a 70s, 80s era with the 70s, 80s era rules, like a heritage heritage round. Mm-hmm. Get the broadcast formats the same, the ads, etc. Just go full retro. Players smoking at halftime, like the whole the whole deal.
1: Yeah. hundred well, percent a round. <laughs> like I just like I love the idea that you have a heritage round, but also every year you pick a decade. It's kind of like the X-Men films. It's so like we're doing heritage round, but it's like nineteen eighties round. Then like the next
0: year, it's like nineteen seventies round or like nineteen sixties round. Uh, this is from Luke, and I think you've sort of you've, you've answered this question. The boys at how the boys at the How Good's Footy Pod have started a campaign to help Bont win a gold logie. Will you guys, especially, will back this campaign? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm hundred. I don't percent know you can that. win a logie for a commercial.
1: But, they've got um, Best f- Commercial. at the. I don't think you can individually win a Logie for a <clears> commercial. <throat> I don't think they're doing Best Actor in a commercial. I think they actually do Best Commercial now at the Logies. Um, do they but, really? Since we Yeah, when? I believe so. I know they've finally devalued the Logies. But <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> that the most prestigious award in Australian
0: entertainment could actually be devalued, but they've found a way to do it. Um, That is the end of the mailbag and that's the end of our show. If you want to support us, the best way you can do that is go to patreon.com slash Tofop. Tofop is our podcast network. Tofop is also a show. It's very confusing, I understand. Um, But if you like this show and you want us to keep putting it out regularly, give us some support you can donate any amount from a dollar up to as much as you feel like you want to donate maybe get some of that sweet sweet teddy rights deals into the coffers of two guys one cup that would I, help. I I um, can
1: I speaking of, of of such things um I had shows yeah. obviously that were meant to be on last weekend that were in uh, Sydney and Brisbane that got postponed because of covid and those shows have been rescheduled so they are now happening Excellent. uh the 3rd of October and the 10th of October so they are on sale. Um, I think your original tickets, anyway, there's you the ticket agencies will know more about it than me speculating on how it all fucking works. <laughs> but anyway, the shows are back and there's some tickets available October 3 and October 10th.
0: And in that spirit, we should also promote the Great Australian Podcast oh, yes. Festival. Will and I are doing our other podcast, Tofop, on November 7th, I believe, at the Palais Theatre in Melbourne. Tickets are on sale now. At uh, You can go to great, thegreatpodcastfestival.com.au. I'll put a link in the episode description below. But, yeah, come see Tofop live, much like this, with a bit less football chat. That's it. <laughs> Play on, not 15. Well. We are two guys, one car.